Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast, July 11th edition. I am joined by Rob McCarron of Shake Them Ropes, a fantastic show you have over there, Robert McCarron. How are you oh, this well, evening? Thank you. Thank you, Sean Ross Sapp. Yes, happy to be here with you on, uh, on Fightful, Fightful.com, talking about some Raw, talking about some UFC, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't have a plan. I'm sure you have a plan. I'll find out the plan over the next hour. Uh, but yes, catch me on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes and the podcast. Search it in iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are sold for free. Just search Shake Them Ropes. A fantastic show. I've been on it multiple times. I always enjoy it. Uh, you do a lot of great work over there. So, of course, we're happy to have you here on Mondays. We are reunited. And on Tuesday night, Starting next week, we will have your Shake Them Ropes co-host, Jeff Hawkins. Yes, yeah, so uh, much like the WWE, the big show is on Monday, and if you if you have nothing to do on Tuesday, I guess you can go ahead and watch that thing. Lots to talk about tonight, kind of. Um, we have Raw, we yeah. have a looming WWE draft, and we had a UFC sale. That's right. The much, uh, the much rumored UFC sale for for a while. Uh, rumors really kicked off earlier this year, uh, and then you had Darren Ravel uh, on ESPN really getting the mainstream fervor up about this. You had Jeremy Botter basically confirming this sale about three weeks ago, and then now everyone else caught up uh, with the papers being signed last Saturday and UFC announcing it themselves. So yeah, UFC four billion dollars. Uh, what as much as Lucasfilm, uh, and that it, it's crazy the amount this is going for, and uh, a lot of questions will be asked uh, over the next uh, weeks, next few weeks, as they already have. But we're not going to get any answers anytime soon, especially because the figurehead manager with Dana White is still in charge. So it's not like anything's changing drastically overnight. As long as that yellow mat goes away, I'm okay. Yeah, lots, lots of stuff, uh, lots of moving parts in this UFC sale. Uh, Dana White 
is staying in charge. The Fertitas are going to remain minority owners. Flash Entertainment, the, the group out of Abu Dhabi, in which uh, bought a share. They're going to retain that share. Rob, to be quite honest, you were one of my best sources of information on this subject. Uh, this is <laughs> this isn't what, new news. What kind of this journalist are you outing your sources right to their face? You've you've made it pretty public on your Twitter. I mean, it's it's not like a, it's not like a secret. You've you've had some good information about this. But, but yeah, I will say one thing. Oh, go ahead. If go ahead. there was one company that would undermine a four billion dollar sale just to spite the media, it's the UFC. Yeah, no, this was. Uh, I mean, I was DMing you. This was done a month ago. Uh, this yes. it really was. It was done a month ago, and then you had. You know, Dana White and, and UFC out there telling employees that, no, there's no sale. There's, and they're telling their employees that not only is there not a sale completed, that there's no talks in advanced stages. So go figure. Uh, but yeah, this was, uh, this was pretty much a done deal. It was all semantics as far as uh, how done it was. Uh, they just hadn't fully completed it yet, but everything was agreed to. And here we are. UFC is sold. And we have uh, a media company now coming in as the uh, primary owner as far as a figurehead. You got a lot of people in the pot who are going to want profits on a uh, on business where a lot of people think it's already peaked. So we're going to have some interesting next couple of years here. And uh, especially as TV deals start showing up, as, uh, as ESPN desp- desperately tries to retain customers and, and maybe even grow their business with online over-the-top streaming. So uh, there's going to be a lot of bidders for UFC. And they might be in a good position right now. But uh, it all depends. The next two years, really, are going to be really critical. Also, guys, I wanted to give you an update on Fightful.com. Uh, you may have seen the, the uh, post that James Vanderlinden, our site owner, made uh, earlier this afternoon. If you didn't, go check that out. Uh, the, the site is not finished. Uh, we launched it Friday because we didn't want to keep you all waiting anymore. But there is a lot of stuff to come. Uh, some of the features are going to be streamlined much more. We will have comment boards we will have forums as well. We're going to have uh, podcasts every week with the likes of Rob, Jeff, uh, Vince Russo, Showdown Joe. If you all don't know who Showdown Joe is, man, I've worked with few MMA analysts as good as this guy, and we did a UFC 200 show. And also, Rob, i got to put you over because you're not traditionally an MMA guy, and you were fantastic on our breaking news show with John Jones last week. You were incredible. Well, here's the thing about me. I can fake my way through anything. Uh, I watched maybe about five minutes of tonight's Raw, and you're going to see me fake my way through it pretty excellently tonight. So I can fake my you, you know, Give me bullet points. I'm going to be able to fake my way through it. Uh, but honestly speaking, I follow UFC. There's a lot of things I, I follow and can speak at a somewhat decent level on uh, that I just choose not to because it's not my thing. I stay in my lane. I'm one of, you know, if you're out there thinking I talk too much or I'm on too many things, uh, it could be worse. I could be on much yeah. more. Uh, so yeah, I, uh, the John Jones thing was something cause I was really looking forward to that John Jones, Daniel Cormier fight. I was looking forward to John Jones reclaiming his rightful place as the best person in UFC. And he just, uh, he's his worst enemy. He's his worst opponent. And it was, it was shameful. And then you ended up getting a, uh, a dilapidated boat of a UFC 200 really, if you will. I mean, that, that show was not nearly as good as it could have been. Uh, it had star power. That's for sure. But as far as the top-to-bottom show, it was not their best effort, really. Uh, and, and we saw UFC become more like Bellator in that regard, where it was, it was really built on star power more than match quality. 
And we'll see if that continues in the future as the new owners come in and look to uh, look to spice things up with the business. So a very interesting time. But yeah, I want to thank everyone who watched the breaking news show last week as we it was a crazy day for you, Sean, because you had three shows that day testing out this whole Fightful.com network. So you really worked hard that day. Yeah, it was a great success, too, for a site that hadn't even launched yet. And like I said, we are nowhere near done. Uh, our tech team has been working. They stayed late Friday and worked. Uh, and guys, you know, it's funny because I, while I worked for the likes of Wrestling Inc., who I'm on very good terms with, very like them a lot, What Culture, Fan Sided, Rant Sports, Inquisitor, all that stuff, I had a lot of people that would always say, well, why don't you start your own site? Why don't you start your own site? there's a lot of overhead that's involved in that. There's a lot that goes into starting up a brand new website. And quite honestly, it's capital I don't have. So what I had always said was, I would like a group or a person to come to me and say, we'll give you everything you need to start a website. What do you need? These people have done that and more. Um, One of the first things I said is, I want Rob McCarron on Mondays. And they took, I think, I think our owner took about a look at one minute of your footage and he said, okay, Rob McCarron's on. So, you know, he, they brought Vince Russo. They brought Showdown Joe. They brought Jeff Hawkins. They let me hire an awesome team of writers, Carlos Toro, Justin Golightly, uh, Alex, uh, Ryan. You're going to see work from them uh, on the site, all kinds of people. Um, lots of good things coming from Fightful.com. We're covering MMA, boxing, and wrestling. The great thing about it, you will be able to filter the news. So if you don't want to see MMA or boxing, you don't have to see it. You can switch over to a tab. You don't get that info. Uh, But if you do want it all, you get it all. And we're going to have exclusives. I have exclusive information about uh, final deletion and the Hardy's contract signing up up on the site now. I have some exclusive info about WWE. They had a gag order on Cody Rhodes. That's under our exclusive section. I will have a follow-up interview with uh, Muhammad Hassan soon after uh, the the feature I did on him. Lots of cool stuff, and I couldn't be happier that my friend Rob's here to join us. And I can promote your show. Yeah. It's hey, legal. I, I host a podcast, if you didn't know. Uh, yeah. Rob hey, hosts it's very good stuff, but we, we've done enough of the, uh, the glad handing and the welcoming of the people. It is time to talk about the big news. <laughs> Uh, tonight, of course, is the fact that uh, my neighborhood is overrun with people playing this Pokemon Go. Yeah, I had somebody, a neighbor walked into my yard the other day. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing stories about people getting kicked out of their apartments because they're going into their landlord's place to find a Charizard. I'm people finding people stabbed, Rob. getting stabbed, robbers just going everywhere, people getting fired from their jobs because they're wandering around aimlessly. It is, uh, it's good for the kids because they're outside, they're exercising, they're doing things they would never have done. Um, But if you're a grown adult, keep it in moderation, people, you know, uh, don't go crazy now. Justin Golightly, one of our writers, you know, I hope I'm saying his name right because I've known him for years, but I've never heard his last name pronounced. Yeah, that's true. Ask me to put him over. You guys have to check out his article on John Jones. Not only that, the artwork that he did with it, fantastic stuff. Now, before we get into Raw, Rob, I have to ask mm-hmm. you. Tim Duncan retired today. Of the current WWE roster, who is their Tim Duncan? Who is their Tim Duncan? So this would be someone who has had a lengthy career. 
who has been at the top spot but never may be considered the best player in the league, someone who keeps a relatively low profile outside of the company, uh, I think the closest person that can fit that is probably Randy Orton. I agree. I think that's that's a very good uh, assessment. Uh, Tim Duncan, not the top guy in the NBA, but very successful, always serviceable. Um, a dominant big man. So, yeah. So, the big story of tonight's Raw, I thought, WWE made Darren Young great again for at least one night, Rob. I mean, that wouldn't be, uh, that's your top story. I would have a different top story, and we'll get to that in a moment. But yes, Darren Young coming in and winning a battle royal for the number one contendership, not on a SmackDown show, not on a Raw show next week, but the pay-per-view. This battleground show is turning out to be really something. I, it is, it's a mix. It has the flavor of a mid-2000s brand split pay-per-view. Of course, this one's going to have the full roster, but it has that, it has a little bit of that flavor. John Cena is in a six-man tag. Darren Young is in a title match. Uh, Titus Titus Young is on the show. I don't know if they've announced a Titus Young Rusev match on this show, but Titus Young is uh, is doing big things here. It really has a funny feel to it going into Battleground. But yeah, Darren Young's somewhat out of nowhere. We haven't seen him in the ring much. He's been doing these segments. I guess we should have known with him in the Battle Royal something something was up. But yeah, they're they're pushing him. They're doing something. We got Bob Backlund on TV. I mean, this is a thing. It's a true thing now. It's not. It, this is what uh, the Breezango and Golden Truth thing started out as, where it was just endless TV segments that you never knew was going to go anywhere. And then they showed up on TV, and all of a sudden, it's a real thing. We have to pay attention. He won as Apollo Crews, I think, and Baron Corbin eliminated each other. I, yeah, hope, no. this, I hope this is a gimmick. I hope that, like, Darren Young, he isn't, like, buried as a bad wrestler, but I hope that he wins, like via weird methods like a banana peel slip or count out or DQ. And he goes on this unbeaten streak of just dumb luck forever. But I want him to be a competent wrestler as well. Competent wrestler. That's fine. You can be competent the entire time. And instead of something going against you, a break going not your way, you get the break going your way. And, and that would be really cool. Yeah. If, if he's competent in the ring and then all of a sudden he wins matches uh, when maybe he shouldn't have at that moment, that's fine with me. Uh, it's very interesting. It, 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 winning despite himself, in spite of himself sometimes. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes. I, I'm certainly not going in thinking like this is dead in the water and why are they even doing this uh, right now. I'm curious to see where it goes. I think when I saw the guys who were in this battle royal, Apollo Crews or Baron Corbin were probably the guys I was expecting, maybe more so Apollo Crews with the uh, face-heel matchup. Uh, so I was I was surprised a little bit that Darren Young won. I thought Apollo Crews was probably on his way to a uh, a push here, but... Not to be, not to be. Guys, please share the uh, podcast page link. Let people know about the show. Uh, our success, is, it relies on you guys. We are starting with nothing. Me and Rob just went from a show on one of the most visited sites in the world when it comes to wrestling news to somewhere that, that's brand new. So your, your support is important. We talked about Darren Young. I have been, you know, I've said this before. I hope he's not doing like apron backdrops two minutes in opening matches on superstars because that'll kill it for me. And my hope is that legitimately with a guy like Bob Backlund, Bob says, hey, maybe cool it with that apron backdrop two minutes into the match shit. 
Yeah. I, if, if you want Bob Backlund to be like a true coach, sure. Why not? We had a lot of coaching on this show too, Charlotte. You know, we had, we had some coaching on this show. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm not going to say what they st- should start doing because I could be out here saying what they should do. And then they come up with something that's actually better. I'm going to wait and see how it goes. I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to be uplifted. Uh, is there a chance he actually wins the championship at battleground though? Is like this the end of the Miz uh, in, in this current role? Is, is it, going to be where they make Darren Young great again all the way to the Intercontinental Championship because that's some ride here in a two-week period. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, we see Stephanie and Shane talking backstage. They they wonder aloud if Vince is there to talk about the Mr. Robot premiere, which would have kicked ass, really. That would have been cool. It's a good show. The uh, commercials do not do it justice. Zack Ryder tries to challenge Rusev and Sheamus beats him up backstage. Then... Sheamus beats him in a match. This seems like they're just biding time until and, and Rusev put him in the accolade after. This kind of seems like just biding time until the draft, but but what do you make of it? Uh yeah, it, it's biding time until the draft. It's also biding time for throughout a three hour show when they were keeping John Cena off of it uh, as much as they could uh, to get to his segment. You had no Randy Orton tonight. You had no Brock Lesnar tonight. No Undertaker. A lot of talent that isn't on the show anymore. Uh, this is what a three-hour Raw is right now. Imagine what's going to happen when the roster is cut in half. And you can only use half of these guys. That's going to be the fearful time. Uh, on the note of Tim Duncan, to your question, Shannon at, the, uh, at my Twitter feed, at Shake Them Ropes, says, wouldn't The Undertaker be WWE's Tim Duncan? And that's a pretty good nominee right there. It is. Especially when you're talking about longevity. Longevity, never the top guy, but a sure, not a, you know, Randy Orton is questionable as far as he's like on maybe a top five or even top 10 guy in WWE history. Undertaker is sure top 10, but no one's ever calling him the best of his generation. He had Steve Austin, The Rock to contend with, then he had Triple H to contend with, then he had John Cena to contend with, and you don't hear much of him outside of the WWE. He also keeps his character intact. I think uh, Undertaker might actually be a better nominee than Randy Orton. So good job, Shannon. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a hell of a um, comparison. I like that and, one. And and doesn't that just prove the point even further that we didn't even think of the Undertaker when this because he yeah. doesn't come right into mind, you know? And that, that's sometimes he's, he's that's Duncan. sometimes the case when you're talking about great basketball players and Tim Duncan. He's not always the one who comes to mind, but yeah. there he is. Yeah. Breezang beat the Lucha Dragons. There's really nothing that we need to say about this. Uh, it happened. Brizango won. This is a superstar hour raw. Some first hour of raw. This is yeah. Callisto East and Cara, uh, Brizango. It's. I tell you what. At least they have tag teams. I mean, it looks like they're gonna have tag team divisions on both shows. No, because you got so many tag teams out there now. You have these two. You have uh, Ascension coming back. You have the Usos. You have the Club. You have Dudley Boys. You have Enzo and Cass. If they don't split them up on the draft. Got a lot of tag teams happening here, so I, I got to figure there will be a tag team division on both shows just to, based on the amount of tag teams they have right now. I have just got word that the the surge in traffic apparently was a little too much. Apparently, Fightful is down for, for a brief moment. We'll get that fixed. Um, until then, you can still watch it uh, in, in the subscribe YouTube, play. YouTube channel, kids. Hit that subscribe yeah, button subscribe. right now so that you can always you always know where to go and you can always get us. Exactly. I'm not sure what format these podcasts will necessarily be on moving forward. I am pushing for this, though. I am pushing for the, the YouTube, and then afterwards we move to uh, you know audio and things of that nature. So uh, 
hopefully we can do that. Um, next up, we had the, <laughs> the Rollins report. Now, I missed the first mm-hmm. couple of minutes of this. Okay. What did you think of this segment? I did catch the very end with Dean Ambrose cutting a pretty impassioned promo. One of uh, Dean Ambrose's better promos. Uh, I thought the Rollins report was a cool thing. I've been calling for Rollins to do something like this for a year when he had his, uh, well, for a half a year, whatever it may be, almost a year now in November. When, when Randy Orton did his uh, Randy News Network reports, I thought Seth Rollins could have fit right in that kind of vein when he was hurt, Get, keep himself on TV a little bit, make sure that people don't forget who he is. And I know that's sometimes a, a silly thing to say, like people are ever going to forget who Seth Rollins is. As soon as he comes back, people are going to know him. But you kind of keep him on TV. You keep, especially if you're going to bring him back as a heel. It, in hindsight, they should have done the Seth News Network or something like that. So this is a segment where I thought he could do really well in. Um, they are really going after the Rollins versus Reigns angle. And combine that with the fact that next week we're going to get Ambrose and Rollins for the title. To me, it looks pretty clear that they're going to keep Reigns and Rollins on the same show after the draft, and Ambrose will be a face of one of the other shows. So will will Ambrose go to the Styles-Cena show? Will Styles and Cena stay on the Reigns and Rollins show? I'm not sure. Uh, but it looks like Ambrose is probably going by himself away from the Shield guys based on everything that happened on this show tonight and the announcement of the title match last week or uh, next week. But yeah, the, um, the Seth Rollins thing is going well. I'm looking forward to see when Roman Reigns comes back, if they actually do go in that singles direction. But yes, one of Ambrose better nights, uh, you know, not coming out there with a ton of props, doing the comedy stuff, coming out there as the world champion heading into a title fight. Looking forward to that. Uh, There were a couple of cliffhangers or not necessarily cliffhangers. There was one cliffhanger and, you know, some interesting stuff for next week's Raw. We have the title match. We have another big thing, which we will we will talk about in a moment. Uh, yeah, I didn't think this was that bad um, from what I saw of it, the, la- the last part of it. So, so I was cool with that. Sami Zayn was out on commentary, and Kevin Owens had him removed. He complained to Stephanie McMahon, saying that this was an unsafe work environment. They brawled briefly, which I did like. The fact that they, they can't keep their hands off of each other. They just have to beat the living shit out of each other. Because they hate each other so much. I, I always wanted a Peter Griffin versus the chicken storyline in WWE. Uh, I'm not a big Family Guy fan, but I always like that. That every single time these two see each other, it doesn't matter where they are. Catering, the bathroom, uh, the hotel, uh, in line at Subway. They beat the living shit out of each other. I think that would be great. You, you got some crappy Bo Dallas versus turd mongoose match and here come kevin owens and Sami Zayn rolling down the ramp fighting I, I know i know rob that you are upset you don't want turd mongoose matches interrupted but i think that would kind of be a cool way to take it which i think is probably ending very soon anyway is, is that mojo raleigh's new name that i <laughs> i haven't i haven't been made aware of yeah kevin owens and Sami Zayn is over after battleground i think those two guys are definitely getting split up and probably a good reason and if you go to it in the future, if you go to those two fighting again at a WrestleMania or a big show, it'll it'll mean even more because they're not always on the same show. Keeping them on the same show means you have to find a way to separate them on said show. And that's pretty tough. Sometimes, you know, guys just intertwine, especially if they're going to go for a mid-card title. I mean, how many times do we get these multi-man mid-card title matches where everyone is involved? It's tough to keep them separated. And this draft is a perfect excuse uh, the Kevin, yeah, Kevin Owens was great here. Sami Zayn is uh, is getting there. 
He's still not anywhere near as over with the WWE audience as he has been in NXT or the independents, but he is closely getting there and he does really well on the house shows. So I think that it, obviously it will come, uh, but Kevin Owens continues to be a star. I mean, Kevin Owens is a guy kind of like a Randy Orton, kind of like uh, what Bray Wyatt was for the year before Kevin Owens showed up on TV. It's a guy who's going to win a lot of big matches. It's a guy who can theoretically step into the main event. He's not the top guy, but they keep him credible in a variety of ways. So Kevin Owens really has his stock risen in WWE. Uh, and then the match with Cesaro, of course, here on Raw was one of the better Raw matches you see. And that's what Cesaro does. Yeah. You go back uh, a year prior, you go back two years prior, look at the best Raw matches. A lot of them consisted of John Cena matches, but a lot of them also consisted of Cesaro matches. And Cesaro for a while there was getting the mid-show 20-minute match segments. Like they knew they could put Cesaro out there with a bunch of different people and he was going to deliver, and that's what happened tonight. Yeah, I don't think Cesaro will ever be that top guy, but he will always be the utility player. He will always be the Bip Roberts, my friends. You can put him at any position. Yeah, I know, it's hard. Bip Roberts is hard to live up to, Rob. 1992 All-Star. Broke up a Pedro Pedro Martinez no-hitter. 24-game hitting streak in 94. But I think he can be that guy. It's just uh, sad because he, uh, he left us recently. Bip Roberts? Me? Who am I thinking of? I'm not, no, not Bip Roberts. Who am I thinking of? I say, Bip Roberts is like my, one of my favorite players of all time. He follows me on Twitter. I don't think yeah, he is wasn't, uh, I'm thinking about it now. It was not Bip Roberts, but it was someone of that ilk. I'm going to try to figure out who it was. Yeah. Uh, either way, I think he's, hey. he's great. Yeah, he's still alive. Shout-outs yeah. to Bip Roberts. But – um. Uh-huh. He, uh, Tony Phillips. Tony Phillips is the yeah, one I was thinking of. He, he was very comparable, two very comparable yep. players. Um, but I think Cesaro always fills that role. A, a thing I loved about this match, Kevin Owens won with something that wasn't his finisher but looked like he could finish a match, the spinning he rack uh, neckbreaker. He won with the reverse TKO, if you yeah. will. Yes, yeah, so that that could be another. And it's about time, really. The pop-up powerbomb is great, but it looked kind of silly him doing that to Mark Henry the other night. So developing a second finisher, which is also a big power move. It's also a move that would look silly kind of if he hit it to Mark Henry, although it would seem powerful. Uh, developing more moves, pretty good for Kevin Owens. It's crazy that he had he waited a whole year and a half to actually do it. You know, CM Punk came in with the Anaconda Vice, but even CM Punk had to develop a second move really quickly. AJ Styles came in here not even doing his Styles Clash to develop a second and third move on WWE television. And here Kevin Owens goes, finally developing one, uh, and it's uh, it's a big one. It reverse TKO. It kind of fits into you know his old name, and I'm sure they'll run away with uh, how to say that thing. But it was an excellent finish, excellent match. People bought the spinning TKO as the finish too. It wasn't a move. It wasn't a transitional move in their eyes where they said, "Oh, that's not going to finish him. Let's be silent during this three count." No, they were counting along, and it finished Cesaro. And I know some people are upset that Cesaro keeps losing. But if you're competitive in these types of matches, you're involved with the bigger programs, he wins every once in a while too. They're not burying Cesaro. This is a big match. I want to see big matches like this on Raw. And I would much rather see someone actually win than uh, Sami Zayn come in in the middle of the match and it goes to a DQ. This was a, this was a win for us fans tonight. And I, it's not burying Cesaro. We can't keep complaining when a segment like this happens because this should be what we want. And I think yeah. for the most part, it's what people say they want. So if now we're being against this, we're hypocrites. 
I like this segment. I like the match. I like the angle with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. This, to me, is the most well-built match for Battleground, despite the fact that the John Cena uh, club stuff is doing really well. I'm just not too hyped for a six-man on pay-per-view. A six-man, to me, screams, you know, you know, go 20 minutes on Raw and then entertain everybody. But on pay-per-view, there's not a whole lot of meaning in who wins. So to me, Sami Zayn Kevin Owens continues to be the strongest-built match for the show. Yeah, I don't necessarily like um, the Cesaro, Sami Zayn working together. If I was Cesaro, no way in hell I would be, you know, palling around with a guy who cost me the uh, Intercontinental title two months ago. But, you know, that I can look past. We get uh, Titus O'Neil versus Heath Slater. You know, I, I don't necessarily want teams split up in the draft because they have a lot of good ones. But if it happens, I hope it's a social outcast just so we can see a reformed Slater Gator. That's what I want. So much reformed, you know, they're against each other. Slater Gator was fun. It really was. It was great. It really was. But tonight they were on opposite ends of the uh, of spectrum. And he Slater looked really good, but Titus O'Neil, I'm I'm still confused a little bit about Titus O'Neil. I I don't know what's happening there. He's not that good. Titus O'Neil's doing really well. It was it was fun. I like Titus O'Neil matches. You know, put him in there with a Jack Swagger. Put him in there with a uh, a bigger guy. Put him in there with Connor. Honestly, throw those superstars matches on Raw. Not oh. Connor. Sorry, Victor. Victor. Okay. Wrong one. <laughs> wrong one. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was my fault, Sean. That was my Man. fault. Let me put down my the gun fault. here. Uh, Titus O'Neil won with Clash of the Titus. Dances as his music goes on, goes yep. off. Um, so is, the, over? Is, is that over? Am I missing something? Is he done with Russo? Yeah, I hope. I hope. Uh, he got his ass kicked a lot. Wyatt okay. Family Compound. Now, yes. this, and I spoke to somebody within WWE who told me this absolutely was inspired by Final Deletion, which, obvious. They said they wanted to take it in a more serious direction as opposed to the campy direction. Now, I mean, they did that. I didn't think this was a terrible segment. I thought the camera work was terrible. I thought some of the spots in it were pretty cool. I think that the final deletion thing should breed stuff like this. Maybe not six days later. Also, big story coming out of this, we may have seen Sister Abigail, maybe. That's right. That's right. I saw the uh, I saw the big news item on Fightful.com. That website really has promise. Uh, yeah, Sister Abigail, apparently the uh, the one welcoming in the New Day. So we might be getting that character developed on Raw and SmackDown. We'll see. We shall see. I hope it's Oscar. I hope Sister Abigail's Oscar. Really <laughs> that would be great. Oh, I do. And and as it turns out, Braun can speak perfect, fluent Japanese and. He, he's the, the interpreter that, that sends all the messages. By the way, Braun Strowman bumped his ass off in this yep. Wyatt family compound match. Yep. I think that he know like, in some situations, if he knows he's going to bump, I'll give the guy credit. He can't work for shit. But when he gets the opportunity, I remember he looked like he had practiced for the Royal Rumble for like a month in a, in a row because he knew that he was going to have to take a bump to the outside. Uh, he bumps his ass off. So... I feel like he is a guy who really, really, really wants to get better. And uh, yeah. 
it, it's also more fun to bump on cars and go in mud piles. It, it's more fun to do that. So it's not necessarily like he's better at it. It's just more fun. And they're out there in a field. Yeah. They're doing whatever they want. Uh, it's fun. It's fun times. Why not? I'd bump. I'd bump on cars. I'd bump on a golf course. I would go in a sand pit and go nuts. I, yeah, I think that's funny. And I mentioned on Twitter when I was younger, and the, the WWE, the WWE in your house pay per views happened. I assumed at like ten years old they would be themed like today's are like TLC. I thought they were going to fight at somebody's house. I thought that was going down. I didn't know any better. So when that didn't happen, I was a little upset. So about, oh, 20 years too late, I'm finally getting these in-your-house matches. Um, Yeah, I have a post up regarding that and a little bit of info I found from somebody within WWE. Uh, On Fightful.com, our tech team is working right now past midnight or almost at midnight to get the site back up. So there you go. It's past midnight in Brazil, so. Hey, there you go. Count it. Count it. There you go. Uh, so I didn't think this segment was that bad. I mean, but they should not have done this a week after. It wasn't bad, but you were inviting comparisons. And I think the majority of my timeline in any way enjoyed the final deletion more. You had bigger oh, stars, Matt and Jeff Hardy. Uh, you had, you had a well-built up thing. I mean, it was something that was coming, you know, months in advance or months w- uh, with a month's worth of work into it versus something that was set up last week on raw. And, I didn't like the quick cuts. I didn't like that this fight that seemed like it probably went on for an hour was cut down to four or five minutes. It just doesn't seem too realistic there. And then when the segment starts, it's New Day all up. It's the Wyatt family all up, and they go into battle. And guess what happens at the end? All all of the Wyatt family is standing up side by side. The New Day is standing up side by side. They go to this compound and absolutely nothing is accomplished. There's no change. There's nothing furthered. They just went to this place to fight a little bit. And then each of them went home. And, and to me, something should have been accomplished. Whether you, uh, whether you, I mean, something silly, like if you want to keep going this crazy and maybe they kidnap Xavier Woods. Or maybe the Wyatt family is on their home turf, but the New Day actually knocks one of them out. Uh, something should have happened here. But to me, it was just five minutes to do the final deletion and there's no progress. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, we say they shouldn't have done it a week later, but the, these two, two teams can end up split on different brands. You, you don't know what'll happen. So. Oh, uh, and I imagine they will. I, and that's the thing. If you want to shoehorn it in with those guys, that's fine. But they could have done something with the Wyatts that was built up with someone else later on, right? To where the comparisons yeah. wouldn't be there too much. And maybe that they're not worried about TNA. Impact did 400,000 viewers. It was hot on social media that night. But you have a lot more people. I mean, seven to eight times as many people watching Raw. So they're not too worried about a fraction of that audience maybe coming over and saying, hey, I saw this on TNA. They don't care. They, they really don't care. So timing-wise, it was interesting. I think if you wanted to avoid the comparisons, you hold off on it. I, I, I just think the bigger criticisms are for the segment itself, maybe going longer. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Or maybe shot in a different way. Yeah. The filters made everyone look the same at times. Uh, there, were, there were definitely things that could have been improved maybe with more foresight and forethought into it. Enzo and Cass versus the club. Before this, we see the club backstage and they they make fun of John Cena and do a like ten, how long ago was the Allen Iverson practice thing, Rob? The practice thing was a long time ago, but these are nerdy. In AJ Styles' case, he is a nerdy dad, right? Yeah, I mean, I like he, I do like that they say ski after everything though. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. I mean, the biggest part of this part was Carl Anderson's sick burn on Renee Young and her unfiltered show. And then the worst, the, the worst part of it was Doc goes to give the too sweet to Carl after that sick burn, and Carl can't even reach him because of the way they make those guys stand in a hallway all tight. And you can't even do the too sweet. He's trying to reach over there like, you know, what is he doing? Uh, I, this love, was a, I love these were, guys. There was a top here and there was a bottom here. But this got you ready. And AJ Styles, of course, is the leader of this club, but he's also an uncool dad who is going to make weird jokes that just so happened that Carl Anderson made the funny joke in this one. So I, I love the club dynamic. It's really working for me. What do you make of the fact that, uh, as far as I know, there is no club merchandise on the WWE website yet. There's AJ Styles, but there's no Carl Anderson. There's no Dot Gallows. Like, what's going on there? Collectively, is there any, like, club stuff, anything that says club? Because that, that might, you know, they might be tiptoeing a fine line there between what is legal and what's not. Now, I know you, that, you're always up on the trademarks and things like that, so. That's true. Then why name them the club? Are you more concerned about people getting, because if you name them the club but don't sell merchandise, you're telling the audience you're doing what the outsiders did. You're telling the audience that we want you to think these are guys from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We want you to think these guys are outsiders. They're doing that over selling merchandise. You can name them something else, sell merchandise. People are still going to know who Carl Anderson is and, and Luke Gallows is if they really want to find out. So I, don't, I, I wonder if they're sacrificing merchandise to call them the club and not sell any merch based on that name. I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe the club's not long for this world. Maybe they will end up going separate ways. I, I, I just uh, don't, that'd be terrible. Yeah, it's just silly because Samoa Joe comes in. They had merch ready. They were selling merch the yeah. night Samoa Joe showed up. Same thing with Kevin Owens on WWE TV. You know, you got all these guys coming in and merch is right there ready, but not for the club. It's been, what has it been, four or five months since they got yeah. here and you're not selling Carl Anderson merch? That's got to suck for those guys too. Enzo and Cass win by DQ uh, as AJ tosses Cass over the barrier. Enzo and Cass stay protected. Uh, Enzo did lose to AJ Styles, but you know there, there are far worse things that can happen tag to these guys. Tag team wrestlers can lose in singles matches. It's especially, not especially especially the baby face in peril to right. AJ Styles. You know, fine with that. John Cena came out and made the save, the surprise. A lot of people, you know, they they had said that he wasn't there. Not only that, the crowd really liked John Cena. Well, it's, it's a different dynamic when you don't think a star is going to be there and you're kind of disappointed and then he shows up. Um, you would probably get that dynamic if uh, a, a big-time heel. If there was a show in Randy Orton at his peak popularity, even as a heel, if you had told the crowd that Randy Orton wasn't there and then he shows up as a surprise, people are going to pop and be excited for it. Uh, that's, that's part of it. 
But also John Cena is great. And everyone realizes as they spend the entire show talking about how John Cena uh, is his time up. How much longer does he have? He's doing all these outside projects. Maybe the crowd's starting to realize that, hey, you know what? We've had it pretty good kind of with John Cena. Maybe we shouldn't be so happy and thankful that he's about to go. Let's, let's kind of relish him while he's here before it's too late. There might be some of that going on too. But if I was at a show and a big star who had previously been advertised to be there was announced as not being there, I'd be disappointed. And if he showed up, I'd be really excited. So, and, and that can go for anyone of a big star elk. So, uh, John Cena, yeah, popping that crowd in Detroit. Good for, good for him. Good for them. Dana Brooke and Sasha Banks went 13 minutes, Rob. Yes, Damn. and I will tell you, I will tell you, I was, I was, uh, I was happy for this match. I was happy that they are finally giving a well-deserved shot at, at a long match on television to someone who I feel in the women's division has been kind of held down. I mean, they keep her off TV for a long period of time. Uh, it, it's about time Dana Brooke got her shot on WWE Raw in a long match. I loved it. I, the wrong person won, obviously. Dana Brooke should have taken this one probably in about two Jesus minutes. But hey, hey. Sasha Banks gets the win. She's the one in line for uh, for Charlotte. So if that's the direction you're going, so be it. We're going to get this match again you, on SmackDown. You must be stopped. You must be stopped. 13 oh, minutes. I must be stopped. 13 minutes this match went. Um, 13 minutes. I was surprised a Dana Brooke match went. Um, Could have gone 40. <laughs> Could have gone 40. It's a three-hour mm-hmm. show. Any match can go 40. I apologize. Um, I, used, I used the wrong word there, Sean. Should have gone 30. Thank you. I can just see our viewers dwindling. dwindling. You're welcome. You're uh, welcome. Actually, I, I see them going up. So I'm, I'm pretty much, uh, you know, people want to see the Dana Brooke train rolling here. See, see, Rob's got the handcuffs off now, guys. He knows I'm not going to let him go. He knows that I need him and want him on my show. So he's going to say, I, I don't think you need me. He's he's going to promise like you wait. He'll he'll say like, you know, if Brock Lesnar ever fights again, I will eat my headset or something like that. Do you think, I'll eat my pop filter. Do you think if we ran an invasion angle tonight that would actually help? I, I don't know. I don't think the invasion angle well the invasion angle kind of helped WWF at the time when they invaded WCW. No, I don't In, invading I don't know. where? Like shake them ropes invading us or us invading wrestling inc. Um, pick. I, I'm on good terms. I'm on good terms with Wrestling Inc. By the way, guys, I heard some people were trolling their thing in our name. Please don't do that. Uh, be better than that. Yeah. Um, be be the good side. Be the WWF side. Yes. I, I don't. I don't come to a site where there are like minimum word counts and and want you know more sophomoric. Uh, more sophomoric behavior. I mean, you'll get plenty of that on our shows. I mean, I'm doing a I'm doing a mock draft with Vince Russo this week, so there's going to be plenty of sophomoric humor, I'm sure. But yeah, just don't troll people. I'm, if they debut if they debut a sister Abigail here in the next uh, month or so. Who are your candidates? Who do you think might fill that role? Ooh, would it well i'll ask you do you think it'd be somebody on the roster or do you think they would sign somebody because there there's a big difference they they have the yeah. people like lana who will never no. wrestle or well, not it, will it, never wrestle but that's not the it's plan not gonna be, it's not going to be anyone on the main roster right now could i see them bringing someone up from nxt who's been on tv even maybe yeah. um i i don't know if they would do that uh could it be 
if I'm picking someone who's currently on the main roster or someone on NXT television, I think the only one that really fits is Eva Marie, honestly. Uh, someone who kind of disappeared from TV and the Wyatts convert her a little bit. Um, Billy, I, Kay. I think maybe, Billy Kay. Billy Kay. Uh, Billy Kay, I think, uh, fits. If you want to go for that kind of stereotypical look of a goth, you can put Billy Kay yeah. in there. Even, even Peyton Royce, maybe, if you really want to. Uh, Billy, Billy, K looked, Billy K looked damn good in that match against Dana Brooke on SmackDown, too. Well, Dana Brooke makes everyone look good. That's the thing about da- why Dana it. Brooke's so great. Jesus uh, Christ. The issue here, though, is there have been – it's been, what, two years now where people have wondered if a Sister Abigail is going to show up. And they've talked about Sister Abigail. Well, here's the first time where we really kind of saw her on television. I think maybe in the ads before – when they did those yeah. uh, those promos in the barn, they had somewhat of an image of Sister Abigail once or twice. But here tonight, you actually saw her on television, and you know the good folks at Fightful.com screencapped it for you, so you can go there right now and check it out. But this well, is you them. can go there when the site's back up and check it out. This is kind of fight at Fightful Online on Twitter. You'll yeah. you'll get there. Um, this is them showing you that hey, at least this character now exists in human form. Will they introduce someone as that? Maybe. Could it be a new signing? Maybe. But uh, I think now is the time where you can really kind of start to wonder if a sister Abigail will show up because here, kind of, she did. As you've mentioned before, it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that's even been on TV. They brought Braun Strowman up with no NXT TV exposure. Absolutely. It can be someone who's down there at the Performance Center right now. It could be Sarah Stock, for all I know. You know, there's a ton of different people. That'd be a good one. Sarah Stock actually would fit maybe the best, but no, she's she's in the training life now, and good for her because uh, she. But Sarah Diamato, Diamato, Sarah Del Rey. It's crazy, wrestling wise, personality wise, and looks wise. Mm -hmm. The two trainers down there at the performance center might be the two best fits to be Sister Abigail. Yeah, lots of cool stuff there. Um, After the match, Charlotte uh, said that. Sasha had to beat Dana Brooke again on Thursday to get a shot. This yeah. this is a, a direction that I like. Hold on, one one second, one second. Uh, let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. I talk too much. It's my fault. I like the direction they're going. That Charlotte is ducking Sasha Banks. We see this angle play out in MMA very well. You have the whole Rousey and Cyborg, who's ducking who thing. I think that can work great. In pro wrestling, uh, maybe not necessarily with Sasha Banks because everybody knows Sasha Banks wants that. But I wouldn't mind seeing a thing where two people are like kind of ducking each other, and the fans are like, "Would you just fight already?" I I like the way this went. I think Charlotte was really good in this segment. Uh, Sasha's just kind of sitting there taking it. Uh, I would have liked Sasha to kind of talk back a little bit, maybe grab a mic and say, "You know what? You're ducking me." No, you know, Charlotte. I'm not I'm not ducking you, Sasha Banks. No, I just want to see if you actually deserve this title shot. A lot of people were asking on the timeline, why why does Sasha Banks need to beat Dana? She just did. Well, listen to the promo. The whole idea was, yes, we know Sasha beat Dana, but can she do it twice? Can she do it again? Can she actually go on a winning streak here? Anyone can win one game. Can you win two? Can you win a series? That's what uh, Charlotte is demanding out of Sasha. And you know what? That's what someone should do if they want to get a title shot. They shouldn't just win one match or one fight. I mean, you can't just come in from an extended absence like Sasha Banks has had, win one fight, 
and then get propelled into a title match based on that small sample against, let's be real, not the best competition in the division. Hello. Do you see what I'm doing here? Brock Lesnar should not be in a world title fight right now. So that's all I'm saying. See how I, I, I did the fightful mix there. I mixed the wrestling with the MMA, brought it all together. We will be talking about that shortly, very shortly. Okay. Uh, Vince McMahon comes out uh, you know, to greet Shane and Stephanie. A lot of beating around the bush. Shane McMahon says a lot of things that you know, fans, I don't want to say internet fans because everybody has the damn internet. It's 2016. But he says a lot of things that echo the sentiments of the you know, many viewers. He says the right things. I really like this because they portrayed Shane and Stephanie vying for SmackDown as making SmackDown more important. However, no, no, after, after Shane McMahon was named the commissioner of SmackDown, they then reiterated the flagship, the three-hour Raw, Stephanie McMahon and Shane looked dejected as Stephanie celebrated. So you, um, took, you took the first part of that as if Shane was wanting SmackDown more than Raw or they were selling SmackDown more than Raw. That's not what was happening. They wanted SmackDown in addition to Raw. They, they yeah. thought whoever was named the SmackDown commissioner was still going to be in charge of Raw just as they had been. So I didn't, I didn't see that as someone vying for SmackDown to get that show versus the other. I didn't see them as pushing SmackDown as any more importance. It was these two people were vying for SmackDown thinking they would have total control and then it was pulled out from under them. I agree with your second part that it made Shane McMahon look a little weaker and then because uh, Stephanie got the big flagship show, it reiterates to the fans that, hey, Raw's the most important one, but now Shane's going to make SmackDown look a little different. So give it a shot for a short period of time, right? Uh, it, it was very interesting in the way they told the story and pulled the rug out from under Shane McMahon at the end. So they teased that there will be two more authority figures announced next Monday. I love this cliffhanger. I thought the idea of adding general managers is a great idea. Um, They have until next Monday to decide. We've seen some teasing. Eric Bischoff has said on Twitter, you know, don't rule it out, yada, yada. I'll ask you, Robert, who do you think these – two general managers would be and how do you feel about having multiple authority figures especially considering it's quite possible Shane McMahon will rarely be on SmackDown and that's the reason why they're doing this do I want more authority figures no I this is Vince McMahon basically creating two new positions as commissioner and then we get the GMs uh the the GM of Raw is going to be Triple H and the GM of SmackDown is going to be Daniel Bryan and they won't be on every show the weeks where Daniel Bryan's not there, they can have Shane. The weeks when no one is there, it's not like they really need it. They can write a story of a show where the matches are decided by the wrestlers themselves. They can they can buy their way out of a week here and there to where you just don't need a GM or an authority figure present on SmackDown. Um, but those would be my guesses. Triple H with you know siding with Stephanie McMahon, so that way they have total power. It's not Stephanie fighting with an authority figure. You're going to have two versus anyone. Uh, and then on uh, Shane, he's gonna he's probably gonna introduce a Daniel Bryan type. Maybe it's not actually Daniel Bryan. I think it might be with Daniel Bryan getting back in the fold here. The fact that he can come in for one show and then go right home, um, it, it'll be interesting. I think you're gonna get more of the wrestler side as the GM. I don't see Eric Bischoff coming back. I don't see a Kurt Angle coming back to be one of these positions. Those would be my two picks if I'm picking right now. I think those are the best bets. Um, 
I could see one of them even doing or saying, you know, I'm going to have a revolving door of GMs, things like that, uh, to, to get some people back in the fold. Maybe that doesn't work out and Triple H comes and, you know, takes the reins then. A lot of ways they can take this, but uh, I do like the cliffhanger. They built a WWE title match for next week and a couple of uh, a couple of you know GM teases as well. Yeah, I like the fact that there's any type of cliffhanger. I mean, we don't get that on Raw much anymore. We get you know matches that end and then the show goes off the air, or we get a segment uh, like tonight where there's uh, there's two GMs they get chosen and then they go away, or two commissioners. Uh, we don't get a lot of the cliffhanger type stuff. So any cliffhanger is good. I just don't know if this is the right way to go about it, but hey, now I'm going to tune in and watch. Uh, they kind of tease this GM unveiling, and then in a way, Sean, don't you think, though, it was kind of a bait and switch because they teased these two GMs and then said, okay, we gave you the GMs, but guess what? We're not actually giving you those who will be in charge because that's going to come later. Yeah, I do. I absolutely think it was a bait and switch. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, there's really not more to say about it. There, There was, but... I mean, I see why they did it. I mean, it had been teased. Well, it hadn't been teased, but, you know, it had been assumed that each McMahon child was going to take over a show. I mean, that's kind of what this was all leading to, but now there's a little more to it. I'm okay with that. And, uh, you know, ultimately it can lead to interactions between the GM and the commissioner. So I'm cool with that as well. So, Raw happened. Todd Frazier made the finals of the home run derby. Didn't win it. That's a that's a shame. But um, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, man, is a beast. I mean, he was going to win that home run derby. He was the big favorite going in. He was going to win that thing. The only way he wasn't going to win that thing is if he decided to bunt every at bat, which would be silly. Why would you go it, to the home were, run derby and bunt all night long? That'd be just crazy talk. Do you remember Triple Play 2000? Do you remember that game? The code yes. where you could bunt and hit like a thousand foot home run? Of course I remember Triple Play 2000, Sean. What kind of monster do you think I am? And, and the funny line in there that where the guy goes, oh, fuck, he crushed it when you hit like a 1,000-foot home run. I think you could actually okay. do the same thing in Sammy Sosa High Heat Baseball. I believe you yeah. can bunt for home runs. I think that was a glitch in more than just the one video game, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have that mistaken. Yeah. Well, that was... Childhood memories right there. Brock Lesnar fought this weekend, Rob. What What are you – you're doing the for life thing. I see that. I, I was trying to figure out how did they do that for life. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing over here. Can people see me when I'm not talking? Because that no. would be embarrassing for the last 50 minutes no, of the show. Only, only when there are more than two people. I'm just By saying, the way, I'm, somebody asks, is that the hat that Rob is going, going to eat after UFC 203? I can't eat this one. This is the, uh, this is the, what was it? Who did they play? White Sox and Tigers? I believe it was the White Sox. Maybe I'm wrong. I forget who it was. The hell of a hat, Rob. The, the Negro League tribute game this year I went to yeah. on a Saturday back in, uh, back in early June. I went at Comerica Park. This was the hat we all got for being the first 10,000 people in attendance. So uh, I am, I'm wearing this hat on the very first occasion here of the Fightful Raw podcast. And uh, no, this is not the hat I'm going to eat. I would not eat this one. I have other ones that are in contention if that day ever comes. But guess what we had, Sean? What's that? John Jones pulling out of a UFC pay-per-view two days in advance. Demetrius Johnson gets hurt. 
So, so that, that continues the, the UFC curse. Thus far, every pay-per-view through UFC 201, which hasn't even happened yet, has had a champion, a challenger, or a former champion pull out of the fight. Or the pay-per-view has been canceled altogether, or they had to move uh, one in the case of the, the Rousey home getting moved from January to November. And uh, I, I want to I wanna plug your show real quick again, though, Rob. Okay. If you do need a hat, it will be on Shake Them Ropes. So you got to follow Rob at Shake Them Ropes. Find out what that is. Subscribe to the uh, Voices of Wrestling YouTube page because lots of good stuff up there. If I, uh, yes, if I eat a hat, it will be a television event. It will be a live televised event that will occur within 30 days of the CM Punk fight if it is to ever happen. Uh, I don't believe it will. But you saw evidence so much this week of fights that just evaporate quickly. And, and for varying reasons, there's just no, I, I don't care if CM Punk is announced in a fight. There's a lot of time between now and September to where something can go wrong for he or Mickey Gall or for the pay-per-view itself or for anything. So I'm not, uh, I'm not worried about getting hat recipes quite yet. Our server is working to uh, repair. We might have had a... DDoS attack, I am told, a DDoS attack, because, you know, that's it's what people do with their time. Um, Brock Lesnar won pretty handily uh, the other night. Um, WWE showed some photos from it, but I would have played this shit up big time. If I had a guy that went over to the UFC and absolutely just ran through somebody the way Brock Lesnar did uh, – Mark Hunt, by by all means, not not a knockout, but it was a dominant victory. I would have really played this up, Rob. Um, what do you think this means for one Randall Orton at SummerSlam? And and that's why I'm I'm confused about this match. Randy Orton's coming back. I don't think it hurts him if he loses a, a first fight back. I mean, Brock Lesnar lost to John Cena on Brock Lesnar's for, first match back. Uh, so I don't, I don't think it hurts Randy Orton that much. I think if Brock Lesnar would have lost to Mark Hunt, Randy Orton probably wins at SummerSlam, and we get maybe a different story with Brock Lesnar. Maybe he's a, a fighter who's fallen, and it's a redemption story. I don't know. Maybe they would have had Brock Lesnar win anyway and be like, you know, I, I lost this fight, but I'm back and stronger than ever. I'm going to beat up Randy Orton to a pulp. Um, I, I don't think we're going to see what happened at SummerSlam several years ago with John Cena and Brock Lesnar where Brock Lesnar just goes in there and dominates John Cena, crushes him. John Cena gets one minute of offense in. I don't think we're going to see that. But I'm, I'm intrigued by this match. This is a relative dream match. Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar, especially if you're only a WWE fan, and me who's seen matches from all over, Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar, to me, is a dream match. I'm a big fan of both of these guys. I really want to see this match. I'm intrigued to see how they go about it. If, if I'm trying to get into the writers' heads and the decision-makers' heads, and and going from where you can go in WWE from this match, I'm thinking you probably have a hard-fought match that probably goes 18 to 20 minutes, and Brock Lesnar wins it, a la the WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. Something like that to where it's close, and Randy Orton can go his way, and Brock Lesnar goes his way. Because either way, Brock Lesnar's coming in for SummerSlam, probably going away after afterwards. So it's intriguing to see what they'll do as a finish. I'm, I'm really confused about why they're even having this match, but I'm not going to hate on it, because I, I really want to see it. If I'm WWE and I have Randy Orton returning to TV at Battleground, I put him over hard going into this. I don't know what you do. I mean, maybe maybe you have him come out and remind people why they called him the legend killer and he runs through legends. Or maybe he just 
dominates everybody with any semblance of an amateur wrestling or MMA background that the WWE has. They have enough guys to do that. Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, Alberto Del Rio, people that really aren't going to be hurt by getting their asses kicked by Randy Orton. Um, put him over so big that maybe maybe people start to question a little bit. Okay, maybe this will happen. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Yeah. That That's yeah. going to be hard to do. Uh, but they have to put him over strong. They have to make Randy Orton interesting. That's been the thing with Randy Orton. A lot of times, he's just not interesting. He's coming back now. He's going to be interesting. He has a lot oh, of yeah. fresh matchups. Virtually oh. the whole roster. There, I could. I'm telling you, there's five. There's five matches that I'm waiting for. There's five dream matches with Randy Orton that I just cannot wait to see. Brock Lesnar is one of them, and I, I'm hyped for this match. It, there's one solid fact about all this. That coming off of a Brock Lesnar win in the UFC, coming after this big week, this big weekend, the WWE's job is easier in hyping this match, right? I mean, there's no, I don't think you can go the other way that their job is tough now hyping the match. Their job, the tough part of their job is figuring out who's going to win and where do they go with both guys afterward. But the match itself, SummerSlam, going to be a bigger event now that Brock Lesnar won. I think, I think some of that draw still carries over to SummerSlam, just a little bit, but their job is very easy. Hyping this match up. Let's hope they don't screw it up. They usually don't screw things up with Brock Lesnar. They made a pretty poor match concept between Dean Ambrose and Brock Lesnar somewhat interesting. So they usually do a pretty good job of Brock Lesnar. I'm really excited for SummerSlam without any of the buildup. I hope the buildup doesn't ruin it for me because sometimes they do that too. Also, I don't know if you're up on the the UFC news that happened this weekend. Did, did you see what Donald Cerrone said about Daniel Cormier? I did. I I saw what he said about Daniel Cormier. I don't know what on earth he's thinking uh, from saying something like that. Obviously, I know you know he probably he thinks it, but where does how does that come up? Why are you even thinking? It's not like he's trying to build up a fight with Daniel Cormier. I mean, what what are you doing? So, for those of you who didn't see it, and you know some language that I don't necessarily approve of, uh, Donald Cerrone was doing a Q and A at a fan expo with CM Punk, and he trash Daniel Cormier for the way he fought against Anderson Silva. He said that he fought like a fag. Now this is oh, about I, 12 hours after the UFC crowned its first openly gay champion in Amanda Nunes. It is also about 12 hours prior to the confirmation of a sale of the company. Keep in mind, this is during a conversation where Donald Stroney is asking for a title shot. Um, Daniel Cormier was uh, very, he was pissed today on the MMA hour, not necessarily for himself, but the fact that, you know, given the Orlando situation that happened, that, that Cerrone thought it was okay to say this rough situation. Cerrone did apologize. I'll say this. Donald Cerrone is one of the most open minded fighters I've ever spoken to. It's just, he has some words in his, his vernacular that probably shouldn't be used by a person in his position. Yeah, and, and that's the angle that I'm seeing a lot from all this is the timing. You had the timing with Amanda Nunes. You had the timing with uh, with Daniel Cormier's fight. You have the timing with the UFC sale happening. A lot of people are focusing on that timing. Like, this is something that shouldn't have been said, especially because of the timing. Something that shouldn't be said because it's stupid. And, and Daniel Cormier, especially from a fighter's perspective, if you want to go a lot of different perspectives on this, you want to say that about Daniel Cormier, who had spent you know the past, what, three or four months and 
Donald Cerrone should know this about training for a specific fighter and then getting that switch because he's gone in there as a late minute replacement. He's also had late minute replacements put on him. You, you train for a specific style and John Jones is not the same as Anderson Silva. Sure. Anderson Silva comes in there underweight. He comes in there with a lot of time off and he's probably not as dangerous as he was, but Daniel Cormier has got to fight that fight to win. You can't go in there against Anderson Silva and lose. So if he didn't look like he was, that was not the Daniel Cormier you were going to see against John Jones. It just wasn't. Yeah. The Daniel Cormier you got against Anderson Silva was not going to be the same fighter against John Jones because your, your strategies are different. Your focuses are different. He goes from trying to beat a rival to retain his title to now trying to just survive a fight until he can get his real fight. So, of course, the way he looks in the ring is going to be a little bit different. The timing was bad. The reason for saying it was horrible. The, the concept behind his idea was just stupid and dumb. And then, of course, you have the optics around it with uh, the fact that you're saying something like this at a trying time. You're saying something like this because in his mind, he equates that word to people who are less than and it, the beliefs have to change. And this is I'm not saying anything new here. I'm, I'm you know, you'll hear this a lot, but you, you can't be you can't be relegating someone who you think was less than with that particular word, because then, you know, your fans the fans of Donald Cerrone are out there thinking, hey, if, if my idol or my favorite fighter or whatever the case may be says something like this, I can probably think that way. It's okay. I can say this. Even if I don't mean it, I can go out there and say something similar. Uh, it was a bad look for UFC. It was a bad look for him. The worst look is for him himself. And this was going on at the same time as CM Punk was out there. So by association, you know, CM Punk doesn't come off looking that great in, in all of this too, even though the idea isn't in wasn't even in his head. It's just, it, it was not a good day or not a good segment for UFC. They had a lot of rough patches over this week too. As, as mainstream as UFC 200 was, they had a lot of rough patches throughout the last week. They sure did. And, you know, if, if Donald Cerrone doesn't like that fighting style, he should probably stop trying to get fights with Khabib Nurmagomedov because that man is a wrestling machine and from what I've seen, can't be stopped. Uh, guys, check check out our sponsor, DraftBeast.com. I'll give you some more information this Thursday when myself and Vince Russo bring you our live mock draft. That'll happen Thursday afternoon. Uh, myself and Rob did one over at Wrestling Inc. It was a great success. I want to say we were the originators because we got in before everybody else. We did it first, and I will, I will have you know I'm um, sending draft tips. I'm sending draft tips, especially on the NXT side, to one Mr. Vince Russo. I'm giving oh, him a crash course. On. We're giving him a crash course on the old NXT side. This guy's going to pull out some rabbits out of his hat. You're not going to be ready for him, Sean. You better this start preparing. You better start thinking like a conniving See, evil genius. I put in good words for you and Vince Russo with, with, with our benefactor, the side you owner, and, and you conspire against me. You think I'm talking to Vince Russo? You think that's something that's actually happening? Yeah. Uh, it's not. Yeah, I not. do. I think it's you're not. I think in exchange you are getting swerve tips about hat eating. Vince Vince can follow me at Shake Them Ropes. That's what I think. Yeah. Vince can go follow me, Vince. If you want to DM me, you follow me. Guys, follow Rob at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, check out his, his great podcast, Shake Them Ropes, of course. Uh, he is all over the place. Of course, go to Fightful.com. We have lots of stuff to add. The site will be operating shortly. Uh, very soon, we got our tech team working on it, servers working on it, all that stuff. The site is not done. 
it's not going to be done for a little while, but we had to bring you the, the great content and coverage that we had. Wrestling, MMA, boxing, lots of cool stuff. Uh, like I said, draftbeast.com. Check that out as well. Really cool stuff there. Follow us on Twitter, at Fightful Online. Uh, we are merging a Facebook page that I have because I accidentally had two of them, as it turns out. So I'll get you up on that info soon. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. As I mentioned, I'm not sure if this will be the format, but I'm really pushing for us to remain on YouTube Live because I think that's a great platform for all of you and and for us, obviously. I do not know if we're going to be on iTunes. I'm waiting to find out. I know that the uh, podcasts were originally designed to be members only, but it is free to become a member of Fightful.com. You just register. You get access to all of our exclusive stuff from Vince Russo, Showdown Joe, exclusive stories, things like that. You will never have to pay for anything on Fightful.com, I assure you. Guys, spread the word. Fightful.com, preferably when the site's up. Rob, anything to leave the people with, my friend? I faked my way through Raw pretty good, didn't I? You did. I should probably go watch the show after this thing. Dang. Got an update on the site. Somebody says, our server got hit with a shit ton of traffic at once. They are trying to fix it. So, Fightful.com, off to a, a, off to a good success. Off to a good start. A successful start, rather, according to our tech team. I want to thank you all for that. I really appreciate it. Make this work, and we will bring you the content that you guys want. Whatever you guys want, I'll get it for you. We got pretty much free reign to do stuff like that, Uh, bro. Rob, my friend, fans, viewers, readers, listeners, until next time, we are out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.